It, did it just yell at you? Yeah, it yelled at me. <laughs> I don't know. Every time I re- it, it, she like the Zoom lady is like she's like seems upset, mean, a little mean. I don't know. She's yeah, she seems a little bit like oh, you better you better watch yourself. Like yeah. <laughs> like it seems like, like a, a light mom, like a warning. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Recording in progress. Sit down. Like I'm watching you. Like you just like got in the library and you're being too loud or something. I know. I don't know. It's I, I just feel a little. It's a little oppressive. It does feel impressive. Zoom should work on that. (laughs) They should. They should. Maybe the government's listening right now. Uh, By the way, welcome to everybody back to the show. It's been it's been a bit, about a month and a half. But I have a good excuse. Aside from Chris not being available practically forever, now Janelle is hosting as much as Chris, which is kind of weird. So Chris, he's a school teacher. It's okay. He's busy. He's busy. But this is Janelle Megan back on the show. Hi everyone. Hello. It's great to oh. be back. Thanks for having me back. Also, uh the uh head uh the co-podcaster of thank you for beeping outside as I'm recording my show. Appreciate that, neighbor. The co co-host of Cause and Creation podcast. Janelle Megan Megan. What what's her what's your um, Megan Martin? There's so many M's. <laughs> I know that's Martin. we had. I know we had that joke too, where you're like, "It's a lot of Megans for one podcast." There's a lot of Megans and, and M's. Jim. <laughs> so they have a great show, and I listen to it all the time. And I really hope my mic's not clipping because I keep hearing it. it sounds like it's clipping. Maybe I just have a lot to say. I don't know. I'll try to talk in a softer voice. Not get too. That excited. always helps. Yes, but Janelle's on for a reason because this uh, episode, which I have. Titled a title which I'm not going to say right now because it may change as we talk, um, is about our recent experience in turning a script idea into a, a almost 22 hour shoot into an anthology. Yes, we're making some movie. <laughs> ma- yeah, we actually did it. That's the great part about this, right? We we're we, reflecting on it. Yeah, we accomplished it. We actually did something, and it's good. Um, sometimes you just go on instinct. Uh, When I thought about Janelle to do this piece, you have this uh, certain look and and, and all that to your characters and just like this vibe. But um, in the process, which we will talk about a little bit in a bit, it's a lot of bits in there. This is a bit, talking about a bit, um, about the process of making this thing. You can act. You can like really act. Like you really good. I looked at. You know what I know is when I was watching your monologue, and there's a line that's going to be in the trailer, which I'm still busy recutting, because I was told by Mick Jones in Australia that it was too long. Tease, mate. You got the tease. (laughs) I know you're hearing this right now, Mick. Tease, 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 mate. Too long. He said, it's, how long is the finished piece? I said, it's like, give me like 10 or 12 minutes, part one. Because your trailer is like two and a half minutes. It's too much. You're telling half the story. Oops. <clears throat> so, what? I diverge a lot. Sorry. I'll get you all, give everybody a moment to collect their thoughts. We're all just excited. We're, we have a lot of thoughts about this. We are excited. But you, when you were speaking that line... <clears throat> How dare they something 
I should know. I don't. I, the director doesn't have to remember the, remember the lines. <laughs> script supervisor. Someone yeah, comes you over. The, you got the easy job. You don't right? have to memorize any lines. Line, please. Wait, we didn't have that person on our set. We'll talk about that in a minute. We had nobody. <clears throat> but quiet um, set. The way, just the way you read the line. I didn't see you. I saw the character Sarah. Was the name of the character, and Thank uh, you. I felt her pain, potential pain. And it's great. So Janelle, tell, I'm always speaking because I, I originally came up with the idea, but it's really turned into a co-production. It is a co-production. I'm just slapping my company's name on it. But it's really a co-production. So welcome to the company. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, great. Can you awesome. tell? Where's my welcome. desk? Uh, we're working on that. <laughs> okay. All right. I'd like, I'd like something with a view, please. <laughs> oh, have our people get right on that. We have retreats too. They go, we, our retreat is three minutes down the street. That's our retreat. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um, but tell the wonderful audience, and I love you all. Thank you for listening. It's been a while. What exactly we were going to do and what we did and what's going to come out of it. Like, what's, what, what is this project we're working? Why are we even talking? Like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that's a big question. Well, from my perspective, um, you know, this is a like a creative collaboration that was talked about for a while, um, years, I would even say. Years, I mean, before yeah. before the pandemic and everything like that. Um, and it was always going to happen. It was just one of those things of when. Um, like I always knew I'd work with you eventually, but it, it was kind of always unclear of when, you know, you were really busy. Yeah. I was really busy. And then there was a pandemic. So it was kind of a mystery of how this was actually going to come to play. And then, I mean, I think what had happened from my perspective, this is what had happened. I, my mom came to town. <laughs> like, it always begins with the mother. I promise. I promise. This is all connected. I promise guys. It's it always connected. begins with mom. Okay. My mom came to town. I planned this really fun New York weekend with her. And I was posting all these stories about how amazing New York is, how much I love New York. And like, listen, if you need to know some spots of like where to take your parents, I will give you the New York spots. I love to plan weekend adventures. So I planned something for my mom, posting all these things. And you were just commenting on all of them and kind of like saying that you wanted to come to New York and all of these things. And I was like, absolutely come. Like, I love to show people the city. And, and I think you had said like, while I'm there, like we should shoot something. Yeah. And for me personally, I'm not a big fan of like, um, last minute throw together half-ass shoots, you know, which I'm not to say that that was your comments, I believe was nope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you know, with the caveat of just like the reason why is because in my experience, it ends up being more one, really expensive, really time consuming, and the product is not good at the end. And we right. always and sometimes you just wish that you would have just <laughs> went out instead and had dinner and enjoyed New York. Yeah. So I was really because in the past those types of collaborations just never went well for me. And I was really hesitant and I had really been really trying in my, my career to really, like I've turned down more jobs this year than I have taken. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really was being picky with my time, let's just say. And then I thought about it. 
selective. Yeah, I like that. That sounds better. Very selective my time. And yes. um, then I thought about it. And you, and you, to your credit, you were so nice about it. You were like, yeah, that's fine. Totally, yeah. like, no pressure at all. You want me to party in New York City? You don't have to twist my arm. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No work, just play. But um, we had a mission. But I thought about it. And after thinking about it, I mean, it's so cheesy to say, but honestly, it was something in my gut. It was literally, because I've been doing, this is going to be a little bit of a caveat. But I, for those listening, I'm a very spiritual person. I'm a very spiritual person. Um, And I recently did a whole wellness healing session in Sedona, Arizona with the healer. And we released on a lot of things. And one of the things we released on was my anger toward the film industry and like my frustration and like those things like that. And just like my inability to trust in general of like the whole, the whole like messed up system, you know, because, you know, I've been a part of this industry for years now and it wears you down a lot of the times when you see, you know, people's time being wasted, people getting violated in different ways. You know, there's just a lot of things going on behind the scenes um, that you see long enough that you start to get a little jaded. And I was in that place. And this healer really, really helped me heal some of that. <clears throat> and when this came up, I think it immediately kind of triggered that all those feelings back of like all those times where I had my time wasted or, you know, I never got footage back or something like that. And I was like, this is my test. Like this kind of felt like my test from the universe to be like, okay, you did the work, you were releasing, you were healing. Can you trust now? And something in my gut said that this was what I needed to do. And I said, yes, but if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Like we are going to make something brilliant. I forget what my exact words for you were, but like, I was like, if we're going to do this, like this has to be serious or something like that. We're going all in. It's not what you said, but it was was better. Yeah. It was a better line actually. Yeah, but um, it was one of those things where I was like, I'm all in, so you better be all in. Like, what equipment are you bringing? Like, let's jump on a call. Let's write this script. Like, let's figure out the next steps. Um, Because once I do something, I give it my 110%. So I was like, we're not, you're not just coming. We're not just like gonna do a photo shoot and do some behind the scene footage. Like, we're gonna actually make something beautiful. And that's what we did, which is really, exactly what I wanted you to say all along. but I didn't know it yet. I no, I did. I, first of all, thank you for your honesty and vulnerability about talking with the indus- about the industry. Um, there's a lot of uh, people who I, I think most people have good intentions. They do most, um, but don't know what the hell what they're doing. Um, I mean, I'm still mm-hmm. learning. I've been doing this for in some form, making video, film, storytelling for. 30 years. Um, so I get that, but also there's just a lot of hashtag dirtbags out there. Um, I, it was what I wanted to say when you were talking, was like hashtag dirt, dirtbag loser. Like mm-hmm. a lot of big thinkers and a lot of just skeevy people, a lot of just nonsense. I don't like to play on the B team. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not Mr. T on the A team. I pity that fool, but I love that guy. I need some more chains. <laughs> I'm working on my bling. But 
<laughs> I just bought new bracelets, by the way. I'm kind of proud, but they're not gold. Uh, um, but I, but, but I try to be with people. I try to surround myself with excellence, people that really want to do their absolute best and, and learn and grow from that. So when you said, because I wanted to get the energy of the city this way, I'd just been up in Boston. I haven't traveled since the pandemic. The pandemic is a very depressing thing, as you know. That's why we started the show, actually. Um, I just wanted to get out and I wanted to like pontificate about art and do all the all artsy, like I'm wearing my beret shit. I don't actually own a beret, but if I did, and you're like, uh, I said, but we can need to make something because I don't want to go down there and not make anything. Let's shoot some stills or something. You're like, uh, all right, but we can hang out and see the city and have long conversations about art. I was like, okay, cool. But I was so happy you came around and said, no, well, I, well, let's do, let's, I've thought about it. Let's do something because this was the kick in my ass. I needed to actually start moving forward the project that we had been talking about for years and not to sound lazy, but I am still working on a documentary uh, called chasing the light about a friend of mine and the coming soon on that trailer says 2013. <laughs> wow. So, and the good news about that is the whole of the story has formed since it's a pretty nice story and there's a new place to film and her kids all grown up and like she's making well, films now and so it's a great but it's it's like a 10-year project but i also do believe that like timing is everything so like sometimes it wasn't meant to be created until the timing was right you know like sometimes things get delayed for a reason like i do really really believe that like yeah you know, if you're in alignment, the universe will step in and might delay you, but it will be for a reason. It will be because it's going to be better almost. Oh, I, I think in that case, there's so much more behind it now, pandemic and all this other stuff. And her little boy growing up into a, you know, a, a, a teenager. I think he's a full-fledged teenager now. There's just a lot of love and loss. And there's a lot in that story. I just have to go and film the rest of it. Um, but it's been a while. It's been a bit. And this one we've been talking about for, I've been thinking about for years, even before I started talking to you. And then we got to, well, let's make something. So I'm fast forwarding to let's make something. And I said, well, the script, uh, like, I don't, I don't, script is like, was originally like a trailer, like a movement. Uh, it wasn't really a story. It was more like a thought about a future piece, which would have served fine as a trailer, but it wasn't really a full piece. He said, well, give me a monologue. We talked and talked and talked and talked and talked about this character, where she was coming from, the whole thing. And one night, and I was so busy. I've been so busy working on other stuff. Um, and it's stuff I'm very grateful for, clients. If you listen to this, thank you so much. God bless you. But I do love making drama the most and, and documentaries. That stuff isn't that. So it's like super secret squirrel shit. I can't talk about it. <laughs> top Sounds secret. exciting. It's top secret. I could tell you, but then I'd have to detain you. <laughs> it's like, um, so I wrote, I woke up in like 2 a.m. a couple weeks before, I think, a week before, and I wrote just what I thought the character would say stream of consciousness. I didn't even write it like a script, just a monologue, a few paragraphs, something trying to get into the space. And then I gave it to Janelle. And she put it through like the actor genius machine, like in the day, like and comes out with a script 
like in a day that not only is like in script form, but totally rewritten, except for the ending, which I'm really proud of. My, my, I'm the second half. And she actually creates a story and a speech through uh, another speech that she found uh, from another show. It's not the same speech, but just like the idea of talking to power and like defying power. This um, pretty amazing performance that you sent me. And then you wrote it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. What's up? So, <laughs> And I'm not saying I thought you were stupid or anything. It's not like that. It's not like, wow, you're not, you're pretty smart. No, I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I could do it either, to be fair. Like, literally, I'm sitting there writing it. The little voice in my head is popping up, like, what are you doing? Like, you know, it's that little, like, good. voice in your head that, like, is, like, always, like, saying shit. Like, that voice was there, like, every time I wrote a sentence. Like, what? What do you think you're doing? You know? And I just had to be like, be quiet. Just let me do this. <laughs> you even said that to me. Like, you know, okay, like, I don't, I'm not trying to tell you. Like, I was like, come on, just let me see it. And, um, I mean, I'm not saying it's Oscar. It may be. I'm just saying. It may be. Who knows? Who knows? It's impactful, which it's is all It's definitely that very good. But within the bigger story that we're now building, and I was working on prior to that, and then working on with you, it, it's in it, all our conversations. So I felt heard, you know, as a storyteller. I felt like you heard everything I said. And you, as a screenwriter now, welcome, um, you built this speech that is like really really good i mean i knew you were good but i didn't know you were that good i mean no offense i didn't know I mean, you were like hollywood class a screenwriter i did not know that oh, you had that job oh my god i almost cried watching the performance i'm like oh my fucking god this girl like it's and, and and i've gotten that i've gotten that feedback from people who have emmys and have worked on you know hollywood films and made stuff for you name it Intel, Apple, Raytheon. That's... Raytheon, I know, isn't sexy, but it's they make missiles. That's something exciting about that. People have worked on the History Channel. Do doc, I mean, these people have worked on stuff all over the world. Major pieces. Um, a lot of news pieces, but also a lot of drama. Kids' shows, like The Wiggles. I mean, you name it. And they all commented on your performance and the writing. And the writing. That's crazy. Like, that is so crazy and, to me because, like, I, and you, I think you know this, I never thought I could be a dramatic actress. Like, I never, I no, never I saw myself that. as that. I always thought I want to do comedy. I want to do, like, like, kind of more, like, single cam comedy, like, community or, um, like, like, something in those realms of, like, shows that's, like, kind of, like, dark comedy, but still comedy. You know, and I started off acting really, really struggling with dramatic pieces. And every time I'd get a dramatic audition, I'd be like, nope, I'm not going to book this. There's no way I'm booking this. They want, you know, they don't want my type of energy. <laughs> um, and I spent, but I've spent the last year and a half studying at just Joseph Perlman Studios, PA Acting Academy. Um all online, by the way, started during the pandemic. And it has changed the way I look at acting and changed the way I look at myself as an actor. Um, and I, you know, we talked about timing before. I would not mm -hmm. have been able to do this project a year ago. I, I absolutely wouldn't have. It would have intimidated me. 
And if I did do it, it, I would stink up the place. (laughs) So, you know, we talk about the timing of everything. And I do think that this came to me at the time it needed to, it came to me when I was ready, you know, and, um, you mentioned the actor genius machine, which I think it's funny that you call it that. Yeah, I know. Like you should definitely like trademark that because that is that's great. Um, yeah, GM. But the actor genius machine was literally me. Well, one just like trusting myself um, before anything else, trusting that I can do this, trusting that I was ready, trusting that you were the right person to do this with, you know. And the second thing was um, I just spoke as the character. That's how a lot of the words came to me. And if any actors or writers are listening to this, I definitely encourage this. Is just just spend some time, you know, and at MPA acting studio, we call it the I am one who, and you just speak as the character. You say, I'm Sarah. I am one who feels like this. I live here. I moved here from here. This is my family. And then you just start talking and asking yourself these questions about how you're feeling and how you feel about everything. That's the most important thing is because we have feelings about people, but we also have feelings about cities. We have feelings about the things in our life. We have feelings about love. We have feelings about our feelings, you know? And once you start to explore that as the character, the words just come so easily. Like then it's just a matter of just reading it over and over again until it actually sounds like a person is talking. Um, And that was honestly the process of writing this and a lot of just telling the little voice in my head to just shut up when it was telling me I couldn't do it because I trusted myself. Dr. Genius Machine. But I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So you spoke in, in the voice of, of this <laughs> act, uh, character, Sarah. I am one who, and did all these things. But how did you know who Sarah was? I mean, I well, we had so many conversations about yes. her. Devel- that, character development. That's what we did. Yeah, I mean, we had enough conversations that I had a really good idea. And then as you're talking it just comes like, I can't even really explain it. It just, it kind of develops as you're talking because you're like, this is like, you have to answer to what feels most true to you. So when you're answering these questions, you know, you're going by what you're feeling and what makes sense. And then that, that's just the character coming through. And I think a lot of it, you know, we talk about character, but it also is like a connection with yourself too. Cause it's like, what's your, what's your truest answer under these specific set of circumstances that's acting that's acting in a nutshell is it's just you under different circumstances. You can bring as much of you to every single right. character a lens. We'll, we'll talk about that. Cause that's, I think that's exciting. I, I, I wrote a note, like we took, we talked and we work, we workshopped it. Workshopping. I think I just invented that word. Um, George Bush, George W. Bush used to, used to invent words a lot. And I always got a kick out of that. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we are, we're, we're engaging in uh, strategic. About this, uh, this subject here. Dick, what? It's not a word? Well, it's a word now because I am the decider. I decide on our strategic workshopping. Workshopping. Like, well, that's like the conver- having conversations and working things out and like the character development. Like they have writer's workshops. So we kind of mm-hmm. had a writer's workshop for weeks where we talked about the story and what it means and what Sarah's take is on it. We will further have conversations, you're not aware of this now, but live on the show, I'll say this, about the male character, um, Peter, his current name is, uh, and, and his story and where he's coming from. And you'll be fully involved uh, as a co-writer. 
and uh, actor genius machine owner, GM, <laughs> to, to, to kind of get there. Um, but it's really, it's, it, you talked, something I want to talk about you mentioned to me was the process that you've learned to act and, and getting yourself out of the way. But it's not like discarding yourself. We, we kind of talked about this, but it's through the lens of yourself. So if you have, uh, for example, his visual, all you people, because we are visual makers, another project I never finished, by the way. <laughs> I did a whole story on like up and coming like DSLR filmmakers years ago, and I never finished it. Um, it'd be interesting to finish it now and have those people look back 15 years in the future and see how yeah. it's going. See, timing um, is everything. This is making better now. Also, a piece I made once called Timing. <laughs> just plugging this up <laughs> away here. Um, oh my gosh! It's your whole what IMDb. I just my whole IMDb, which I've taken control of, by the way, and I'm going to fix that mess because <laughs> someone just put me in there for that one piece, and there's nothing else in there. But then, just totally as an aside, IMDb, it's like the world's worst computer interface ever. I find, really? and yeah, like you got to go through this list and like enter all this stuff, and then someone has to review it oh, and like go through a committee and like, and I don't even know what's happening, and it's all about like, well, we want you to pay so you can mm-hmm. put your pictures up there. And I'm, do you have a pro account? We can cut this out. I, <laughs> no, no, we can keep it in there because I think people should know. No, I don't have a pro account, but I'm going to get one. But do you have? Do you have Amazon it. Prime? I do. Yeah. It comes with your. What do you Amazon mean it Prime. comes with my Amazon Prime? It comes with your Amazon Prime. Get out of here, really? Yeah, I know. Nobody oh, knows no this. Way. Oh, yeah, this I'm pretty sure. I hope I'm not, okay. I'm not saying it, false information. So we'll fact check this later, but we'll I'm pretty sure, yeah. Hmm. That's the only way you can, like, up, anybody can update your stuff. They can submit that you were in a film or you were in a project. That's how someone put me on there. But in order to update mm-hmm. your pictures and everything else and, like, your resume, you, you have, have to, to have a have pro. A pro. So Amazon, yeah. come on, like put it on my prime. If it is on my prime already, God bless you, Bezos. Thank you so much. Um, and I completely lost track of what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> you were talking about the lens of Oh, thank the you, character. thank you. Thank you. Okay, yeah. Thank you for being such a good listener. Um, so if I have a red bottle of a plastic bottle and I put water in it, the water is the character, it's still the water, but it's a red bottle. It's red water if I shine a light through it. If I have a blue bottle, sky blue bottle, it's the same thing, right? It's like, it's the water, but it's colored as we shine the light of our acting and our storytelling through it. So we were talking about getting yourself out of the way in order to inhabit another character. And you said something like, I distilled it down in 47 other conversations with people. Like I was know what I was talking about. <laughs> um, to, you have to be fully in touch with and accepting and fully like in tune with yourself. Like you have to know who you are and love yourself as you are and be fully present as you are who you are. So then you can let that internal person, your id and your superego and the the whole personality that you have kind of take a back seat in this theater as like a producer to let the other character come in and inhabit you, mm-hmm. right? No, and that's you, exactly how I said it. Yeah, beautifully right? said, honestly. Thank you. Thank you. I guess I listen sometimes. Um, 
And I heard you say that. And, and to do that, that enables you to really fully inhabit the character. And if you don't, and you're kind of involved, then you're not going to be able to inhabit that character because you're starting to doubt yourself or how would I think or what would I do or this doesn't feel right for me or I'm embarrassed by this or whatever. All these like doubting or, or gut, gut, gut check questions about you which have nothing to do with the character. Like you're not Sarah. You're, you're, we're playing Sarah. So, mm-hmm. but through your lens, that's why you were cast in this role because you have a good lens, but it's still a different character as a director, as a writer. I, I also need to do that, especially as a writer. Right. But the director, you have to kind of put your vision as the lens but all the projection is of the character and of the story of the conflict. It's all about storytelling. It's all about it. When we sit around a fire and we tell stories as storytellers, as humans, um, it's not about the fire. The fire just gives a nice glow, you know? How you orate gives another glow. But the story is key. And if there's no story, nobody cares. And so, being honest in the story. I think being honest, that's, right? that's the key. Wow, I mean that's and it's, it's and vulnerable. It's, yeah, on honesty and vulnerability. But in order to have that vulnerability, you know, it goes. It all just goes back to trusting yourself and loving yourself. And I think one of the big feedbacks that I got when I was first acting, and maybe some actors who are listening to this, if they're early actors, maybe get this as well, is um, playing at the character playing at who you think they are or putting a hat on a hat, essentially like kind of playing the stereotype of what you think this person is because Sarah is at, you know, kind of a little cliche at the bare bone surface. You know what I mean? Like it's the, Mm. it's the party girl, you know, who's gotten herself into some trouble and things like that, like that we've seen that done a million times before, but how it's going to be done differently is by bringing you to it and by trusting that that's the most interesting part. You know, like I respect writers and I respect what they do. Um, and I think there was a lot of meat on the bones for Sarah, for sure that we talked about already, but at the end of the day, it's that you, you bring that twist to it, whatever that is of what you, what you are and your experiences and mm. what you feel and you're, and, you know, going back to the honesty and the vulnerability, like all that beautiful cocktail of all of those things and you shake it up in that's, that's what creates the character essentially. So well said. This is, we should record this. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> that's the episode clip right there. <laughs> I know we should record that. I should, we should record this. I'm changing the name right now. We should record this. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> well, that's it. So I do have I, I have a lot of experience, both in my own life, but also just hearing stories and and being in a job where people tell, you know, stories about everything, you know, 9-11 and and uh, life and death and and pandemics and and all and divorces and loves and so much. And putting that in here, which I describe the story as see if I can say this. I've said it so good so many times. We question the patriarchal hierarchy and dichotomy. This is like the tagline and like variety of the, the nature of sexuality and relationships in America and, pur- and puritanical 
colored America. Something like that. It's pretty mm-hmm. good, right? I did not write that yeah. down. I should record this. Uh, and that's what it is. So it's like the very nature of the question of like why we like, and you could you could macro this out, big like the macro version, the big version. Why, just as an aside, why people call lenses where you can like the new iPhone 13 Pro, which I just got, it's beautiful, to take pictures of tiny things. They call it a macro lens. I never quite understand that. I guess you're looking at the, little thing big macro means big but the macro um view of of the world is that we often punish ourselves or other people for what we like that's really where the danger comes in the 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 creation of the vice because of religious reasons or societal reasons instead of accepting people as they are and just making sure they do things safely. Now, I'm not advocating for just rampant drug use and violence and, like, that movie they did where, like, for a week, uh, there's no law enforcement. Everybody goes wild. Anarchy. Oh, The Purge. The Purge. You sick fuck who wrote that. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, great movie. I guess. I don't know. I haven't seen it. But the idea of, like, I'm not advocating for a purge, but I'm saying, like... A lot of the problems in America specifically is really uniquely an American thing, United States, where the the religious um, background and patriarchy that still exists in America um, really causes a lot of problems because people they they it's bad, you know. It's like when you tell a kid don't don't touch that, it's bad for you. Of course, they're gonna want to touch it, and then they feel bad about touching it. I shouldn't have touched, you know, that cookie jar. I want another cookie. I've literally lived this. I've literally lived it. Vulnerable moment. I'm a big guy. And when I was little, I was a little chubby kid. And when um, I carry the weight well now, but back then we were all worried I was going to balloon up. So my babysitter uh, used to have this big jar of cookies, fudge stripe, I remember to this day. And she say she'd open it up. She loved cookies too, by the way. I think she ate half of them. And she said, <laughs> "You can have one cookie, one. So pick wisely." So I would have the one cookie, and she put it away, and I'd be like, "She, you know, I, I, I love that cookie jar. I, wanna, I love the cookies. I want the cookies. It's like what you can't have, you want." So yeah, and also the choose wisely. That's such a weird thing to say to wisely. a kid. I was like four. Like that, that's putting so much emphasis on the cookie. Like that's giving the cookie way yeah. too much power. <laughs> Look at you, actor genius machine. Yes, it is, right? It gives it too much power. It gives it too much power. And then you start to have a complex about cookies. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I have a complex about cookies even to this day. Like, you know, like how many cookies should I have? Like it's this bad thing. I should have more than one. Like, and, you know, like, like, screwed up a, a bit about relationship with food because of that. And I've worked through it. I'm working through it. And I always work through it, but that like changed my brain. Whereas if it was, yeah, have some cookies, just, you know, choose four or choose two or choose them when you're hungry or whatever. I'm going to have a couple cookies here. Just don't eat all of them, but you know, have a couple cookies. No big deal. Enjoy it. Revel in that fudge stripe. Revel in it. Then maybe I wouldn't have complex about cookies. I don't know. 
Um, it is the same nature of sexuality in America and the nature of relationships in America that I think that we, we cause a monster to consume itself and cause potentially more and more harm onto those who enjoy having a good time and, uh, and feeling good. So, and, and, and then what, what cost, you know, there is a cost to everything. So the question we want to ask the viewer and this, I'm not revealing the other side of the story. There's a whole other male perspective from a totally different perspective that, that kind of call and response to Sarah's story. That's going to go through this trilogy. Now it's an anthology, not a trilogy anthology. Um, it's, it's a very important subject to talk about because it really does harm everybody. That's, that's my opinion. That's our place from this is how can we make the relationships between people and their past, you know, reflect, reflect healthily, more healthy and better on their future. And there's a lot of gray area, which you as the audience is going to have to figure out because that's like a tightrope in some ways. And it's very easy to go off the tightrope or get out of your lane and, and crash into the ditch, you know? Um, but like, if you don't study the road, you might go speed on it one day and kill yourself anyway. So it's, it's really like how to handle these urges and, and these wants and needs and desires to be seen and loved and wanted and feel special and, and, and feel dynamic and important and all these feelings from all you 200 million people who never got enough hugs to, uh, it's really judgmental. I'm sorry. I got hugs. I'm sure you did too, Janelle. But like, oh my god, so that's a whole other conversation. Oh, okay, that's the next that's the next story. Title about those hugs, ellipsis. <laughs> this, like, I don't like hugs. I don't like um being hugged by like strangers or even my friends, honestly. I just don't touch me. I don't like to be touched. <laughs> an anti-toucher. A no-toucher. Um, I'm a hugger. I like to hug, but somehow we all made it work out. So you can see there's a middle ground. You know, like, I, I, you know, the, the love languages, like the, like physical touch, like there's yeah. all those, you know them, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know mine very, what are yours? Mine is acts of service. hundred percent. hundred percent. Is there like a 100%. tie? Is there a tie one? Um, like no, one that comes up? no, well, probably quality time, quality okay. time and acts of service yeah, kind of tie in with each other a little bit. Mine is quality time. Uh, it's right up there. It's like number one and tied with it. I think is physical touch. I'm Italian. And then like way down below, like level, like they give you levels or something. This is a book, by the way, the five love languages, I think it's called. And you can do a little test online. Just Google five love languages. And uh, we it's really accurate. Paid. Like it's, it's very weird. Accurate. It makes you, it makes you think about things too. And like, totally. I don't, <laughs> I'll share something here. I don't really care. I don't think my parents listen to this. But it does make you think about like family and like friends and people in your life because it doesn't just apply to relationships. I don't think like, oh, if, no, like if no, you, it's, it's everything. Yeah, if your relationships in your life aren't showing you that type of love language, you're gonna feel distant from them, even if they're showing you the other ones. Like, like for me, like like I don't like to touch, but I also don't believe words. Like if someone tells me something, I don't believe it. So. If someone's just telling me things, but their actions don't match that, it's like, 
you're going to feel that distance, um, in a friendship mm. or, or relationship or, you know, parental relationship, anything like that. So it's really honestly important to know and apply it to your own life so that you can communicate, like, listen, like every time you break plans with me, it really, really hurts me because that's how I communicate that I love you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it's just, it's really important to know. It's a bit of a tangent. Sorry. No, no, it's a good tangent. It's a good tangent. My, my third one was words of affirmation. And this is how, yeah, so how you receive love. So the idea is when you're with a partner, like you said, this is how they best receive love. And you want to give them love in the way that they receive it. And you could have totally different things. So they, in theory, would give you love in the way you receive it. And then you have this engine, this Mobius of happiness, like E.T.'s heart just glowing. And everybody's just happy. But if you don't know your love languages and you can't speak to them or you can't articulate them, then someone may be loving you in a way that works for them, but it may not work for you and vice versa. And then you end up not functioning as a, as a partner. And that includes work. So now I know that I have to make sure I finish the movie <laughs> so, so that I can make sure Janelle's happy. Say it's all about exactly. actions. Exactly. <laughs> that I came to you New York. You picked up on the whole point of that tangent. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. I came to New York. I brought my camera gear and I and I was there to do it. And she was like, We're gonna work on you're gonna we have to shoot at six in the morning in Central Park in Harlem. Because that's like mm-hmm. the nice spot. It's in, like before sunrise. And, Quiet uh, spots without without the strollers and like right, people because they like, in New York City no one sleeps so like literally people will be up at five a.m. jogging and like with their baby in a stroller or like with their dog like it's loud at like six in the morning in certain parks areas of the park except Harlem because not a lot of people are super far uptown like that yeah I'm familiar with New York I didn't you believe know. you until like what we were done at like eight and it was all kinds of people were everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know New York doesn't sleep because when I tried to sleep, there was a, a, a on the top of my hotel <laughs> magic hour. Um, and, 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 I heard that all night long, and I kind of mm-hmm. like like, but it was like I was wondering when they were going to stop, and it stopped at like four o'clock in the morning or something or five. That's early. <laughs> yeah, and you come to Boston, it's like one thirty <laughs> last call, and and it's a ghost town by like three a.m. except for a few Irish drunk guys you know, screaming about the Celtics or something. That's most places. Yeah. Yeah. Just like silence. I love New York. New York is my energy. I mean, I'm, I, Boston's where my family is. So that's why I'm here. But my energy is New York. I'd probably be dead by now for all the fun I would have down there. (laughs) 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 Or poor or both, but, but it didn't matter. I was up at six in the morning. I took the train with my Pelican case there Always looking around to see who was, who was going to jump me or where the terrorists were because I'm kind of programmed that way. And everything was safe and fine. And we got there and we found, we by the way, we shot on top of a fort. I just found this out. I just did some research. Really? We shot, we, we shot on top of a, a, a like an ancient, it's not ancient, but old British fort. Cool. That, that's why behind us, you can't see it in the shot. There's a cannon. And the fencing looked a little weird and like the benches looked a little old because we're on top of a fort that was designed to kind of save old New York from intruders. Wow. So maybe they 
that's amazing. That's fascinating. Yeah. It was. It was beautiful. The sun came up at just the right moment. I had a eight, uh, I think I had a quarter stop um, Pro Mist style filter on there, which gives it this ethereal look. And I shot just for camera geeks, I shot with the Sony A7S three, And I believe I used a um, uh, Zeiss 5518 and all handheld. That camera is, um, Sony, you can quote me on this, and I don't know what the Japanese terminology for this is, but if you can translate this accurately, this would be great. That camera is fucking amazing. I don't know how that translates in Japanese. Fucking, I don't know. Um, 10-bit 4224K, slow motion, the whole thing. We had no tripod, no lights, no crew. I don't know. I shouldn't mean any of this on the show because it looks like we I know. Did. Every, I know it's very, it's very funny because I'm thinking, I'm like, people are gonna like picture it and be like, oh no, this is probably really bad, and they're like gassing no. it up to make it sound really good. But no, like it no, actually, no, it, it, it looks it, like it was a full crew. Like you did such an incredible job with the natural light and like the way that the camera, like all of the shots throughout the whole. Um, day <laughs> um, right? were so beautiful like so all of them were so incredible that i was blown away that i it looked like we had a full crew um it at did. the very least like lighting you know it it really did it looked like we had a full everything out there and it was mm-hmm. absolutely amazing i don't know how we did it honestly <laughs> I mean, I know how we did it. I know how you did it because you're amazing and you have so much, so much skill. But it's like it's it's crazy. Like when I see that footage, it's like nobody can believe that it was just the two of us. It's great. It, it looks like we were lit. It looks like we had like a crew. Um, it looks like there was someone pulling focus. It looks like. So many things were happening that weren't actually there. It really is. It really is amazing, and uh, it's amazing what you can do with small gear and a small crew. And when you look at this video, this film, it does not look like we had no crew at all. I would say so, right? It looks like we had G and E and the whole bit. Uh, even there's a scene in a bar and I brought this little LED. They're amazed that it's only two people. Right. Well, we did have help. We befriended the bouncer who also was an artist. Oh yeah. We actually had her out. (laughs) Esther, thank you for reaching out. Love your work. Um, so we befriended her and she helped us, you know, kind of let us stay there and didn't bother us while we uh, did our work. Yeah. I mean, that was my main concern. Cause like, I kind of had my producer hat on for this and I, you know, shooting in New York, it's not easy uh, all the time. And for some reason it was really, really easy for us to just get away with a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. And not people asking questions. I mean, the bouncer was great. And then even, you know, we took some shots at the taxi cab and he even was great too. He didn't really oh, ask yeah. a lot of questions, didn't really bother us. He was just like, yep, all right, you do your thing. We just paid him you know, some we, money we and we're like, can you nice. drive around? And he's like, and yeah. he didn't even charge on the meter. He's just like took the money, which I think it was like yeah. 20 bucks or something. And yeah, to bring it was us around. Real, real nice. And I was shooting those shots in the cab scene. 
by <laughs> there was very little room and I had kind of a line 55 millimeter lens on. So I had to have the camera outside the window. So we're going down whatever the street was, um, and I have the camera in traffic, in New York City traffic in Manhattan, and I get the camera aimed two feet outside the window, and I have the, the screen angled towards me so I can see what I'm doing. The camera itself is pulling focus. Oh, and I think That's I was, because I was trying to go in and out, like dream world. I was shooting in slow motion. It's the only way I could make it work. But then I did some regular motion, and someone asked me, like, how did you light all that? I'm like, if we just drove. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. And it looks incredible. It's supposed to be authentic looking. I like to shoot in a documentary kind of guerrilla style. So a lot of that is intentional. So it's verite, but it's also produced. It's both. It's very real. I like those micro shutters of the of the camera moving around. I like the energy and feeling like you're there watching that person, but you use the shallow depth of field and all the other cinematic techniques to to kind of draw you into the story. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of the shots because of that, because of the way you shot it. Um, and I don't know the camera language <laughs> that you're speaking, unfortunately. Oh, Otherwise, I, I can speak more to it. Hollywood. I don't, I don't, you all need to translate some of those words, but I will say, you know, like, I think you did a really beautiful job of making it feel real, like you said, and also very intimate. Like, you know, it is Sarah's story through her eyes. And I think you really, really get that. And you, it's almost, you know, the monologue is so vulnerable. And I think the visuals really, really match with that. There's like a vulnerability to it. And it's almost like to the point where it's like a little uncomfortable. Of like, I don't know what this right. girl's going to do. I don't know where she's headed. I don't know if this is good or bad. I don't really know. And I think because of how you shot it, it really lended itself to, Thank you. you know, making the audience off balance a little, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I like that off balance filming. That's exactly the idea and the concept. Um, mm-hmm. It's very cinematic looking, you know, it's good dramatic music and there's a lot of like cinematic moves. But a lot of off-balance, a lot of changing of focus, a lot of slow motion mixed with regular motion and mixed media. We filmed on the iPhone a bit um, at the 12 Pro Max until I got the 13 Pro Max. We've done a little bit better job. But it was all really um, a mix of documentary style and of, like, music, video, film, filmy, like, indie style to... Do exactly. I love talking to you. We did exactly what you said to keep the audience off balance, to kind of the visuals to support Sarah's, the character's feelings about what's happening, what she doing, what is she doing, what it what it looks like and feels like to be in her situation, and and that's it. Like you don't know. Is this good? Is this bad? So the piece is called. We should record. Oh, no. You choose to watch. We think. Yes. And there's going to be a second part, which you're going to help co-write, which I'm going to do off a monologue. So it should be pretty easy because the, uh, the actor genius machine's already worked. <laughs> we're gonna, I'm gonna Just got to fire it back up. Gonna fire it back up. <laughs> uh, as soon as they get through all this client work, I'm going to start working on that next week. And that's going to be one that's really, it's, it's going to be tough for me because I have to think about the male perspective 
And I want to be true to that character, like truly, honestly, that character. Do it through a lens of my experience and other experiences I've heard, but I'm not doing it. It's not me, you know? So... And I also do think that, like, you know, it is the male and the female perspective, but I think what Sarah goes through, also men can go through in certain ways, definitely. Yeah, like, and, how, how, and then, how so? Oh, I mean, I think everyone can relate to this seduction of, you know, power and the idea of fame through likes and people liking you and social circles and things like that. Mm. Um, as well as, you know, finding love and finding, you know, lust in the wrong places. I think everyone can relate to that. Yeah. And I think if anything, you know, it's something that men don't talk about enough. You know, I think it's a, that's like part of the problem, you know? And I think, on the flip side, I think what the male the male character goes through too could definitely be something that a female character could go through. So I think like I do think the male and the female perspective is important here, but I also think these are universal experiences at the end of the day. And this yes. is a universal relationship that like it doesn't matter old, young, um, you know, male, female, you know, non-binary, whatever. It's like these are all, you know, experiences anybody could have. It's humans being, as we said in the piece. Yes, which is beautiful. You know, that was your line, beautifully said. Uh, uh, yeah, um, thank you. Although I, it's, I, I gleaned it from a, a Roger Waters song um, that was totally about something totally different. But uh, yeah, just absolutely uh, fascinating. Point of this story that we're doing in three acts is not to necessarily judge Sarah's actions or Peter's actions, but to make the audience think about the nature of intimacy in this country and how we both promote it and revile against it. To, and, and you can follow, this is my thought, you can follow this up because I know you have it maybe the same or a different perspective on this and just question like either we revile against it or promote it. And where is like that middle ground of acceptance? Where's the love? Why can't love be love? And why does it have to have like a sharp edge to it? You know, why can't it be healthy and open and joyful and feel good and trusting? And why does there have to be like a dark side to everything in the world? Why does there have to be, a dark side, well, I guess the light offsets the dark, but then how do you reconcile that? I don't think we're ever going to truly answer that for the viewer, and that's the whole point of what we're doing, that we're asking questions for the audience to then fill in the blanks and answer in their own selves, and we want to do it in a positive way. That's where I'm coming from with it. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on where you think the story should go. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that you're bringing up like the light and the dark. This is something that I've definitely been thinking about lately in the context of this film. Because as an actor, you you're not supposed to judge your characters, and I think I do. I think because I'm an actor, I'm really good at not judging people in general and not judging their stories and knowing that you have to meet everyone where they're at. That's one of the major yeah. things I feel like I've learned in life is you really you can't 
you know, there are some people in my life and I'm sure in your life and I'm sure in the listeners' lives as well, you, you know that they could be doing better. And that could mean anything. You know what I mean? That could mean, you know, being more emotionally vulnerable. That could mean, you know, be having more compassion for people. That could mean just being nicer. Um, mm-hmm. But they're at a place in their life where they're learning and they're growing. And they might not learn all of it in this lifetime, sad to say. But you have to meet them where they're at. And I think it's meeting people and accepting them where they're at within the conditions of, you know, making sure that you're still respecting and loving yourself that I hope is a takeaway from this of like, you know, these people, they're on their journey. They're not at the end of their journey. None of us are. We're going to constantly be learning and growing until we die. And um, I think that's what this story shows is that this is the middle of their journey. This isn't the end. Wow. I love that. I also think the police now have shown up at your place. <laughs> the, oh, yeah, I know, I know. Well, I, I'm in New York City. The police are They're always everywhere out and about all here. the time. They were exactly. backdrop for one of our one of our shots. It's beautifully there with all the the lights and all that. That is absolutely um beautiful. It really is. And it I think we really are going to use the art as a tool to help people think through these subjects about not casting judgment, but about helping people and encouraging people to be their best. Like you can be doing better. And Um, have compassion, you know, compassion and love for each other. Like that's the number one thing. Like we, we need, we need compassion for each other. We need love for each other. Cause once we have that, we're lost, you know, we are, we're social beings and we need to have that feeling of, of, of safety. Mm-hmm. And we could talk about this all we wanted, but art, visceral art and feeling and emotion expressed where people, the mirror neurons kind of fire up and they watch something or they experience something through art that hits them in the soul, that hits them deep. That can really affect some real change in people. You know, like I think of some of the greatest films like The Godfather and, and the familial, um, you know, uh, uh, waves of influence that play there and and also, you know, the good and the bad and how Michael reacted to everything in that film. The family dynamics were mad. That story is a lot more than a mob story, right? That's why it was so beautiful. It's so deep. He ended up killing his own brother. You know, or close encounters about what's out there and 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 how we're overcome with this this f- fantastical view of the other world, the out the the other, you know, the aliens that I know are out there. I mean, they're out there. Maybe they came tonight. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but these grandiose things, uh, uh, you know, Schindler's List, the value of love and sacrifice for other people, even in the face of pure evil. At Kramer versus Kramer. I'm, you know, I go on and on and on that these really, truly great films, why are they great? Because they are a coalescence of all the arts, music, writing, acting, directing, set design, cinematography to build up a wellspring of emotion and 
mirror mirror in your own psyche and your neurons in your brain feelings so that you can think about your own humanity because it's all stories it's just storytelling told over and over again the same like classic stories that's what we want to do that's what we're trying to do i mean that's where i'm coming from and i know that's where you're coming from and i really Absolutely. actually haven't met too many actors who are open and vulnerable enough to put the you know the sheen of the 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 public, you know, like I'm an actor, you know, and actually be honest and truth, really lay it, lay it out there. Some great actors do inside the actor's studio, you know, Val Kilmer in his recent film. That's talk about being open and honest. There's a lot of that out there, but that's what we strive to do. That's why I do what I do. That's why even though I have this government job, I still make films in it because you have to, catch people's like souls you know not to hold them and control them but to turn them back to them and let them think and let them feel and sometimes that's just pure entertainment like that WAP song which is beautiful <laughs> and when the rhyming and it's not I don't there's no I don't know if there's like and it's just funny it's a funny song like and, and the amount of production and work that went into a song like that even though it's not like my, it's not what I listen to on a day to day basis, but boy, can I accept how hard those people work to put that together. Um, it's just, sometimes it's just entertainment, but I think we like to dig a little deep. We're going to make y'all think. Y'all. It's going to be a ticket to a conversation. It's, it's going like to be a ticket to a conversation. Oh, I have so many names I... for this. <laughs> this is going to be. This uh, uh, ticket to a conversation. These are the titles I have, and you maybe you, the viewer, can choose like right now in your head to a conversation. So I have. Uh, we should record this. You choose to act, which was the original one, which is about. You choose to watch is the name of the title. Don't hug me. <laughs> uh, That's fair. A, t- <laughs> a ticket to a conversation. Or maybe all oh, of them. I don't know. This is going to be a journey. Like um, we're going to bring you guys on a journey as we uh, continue this work. And we both invite you through our respective shows and however you want to get in contact with us in a safe, same way <laughs> that uh, to be part of the conversation and talk, talk, uh, talk about this in your conversations with other people and your creative partners and everything else. How do we best honor the stories that we're telling and why are we telling those stories? For Janelle and I, I think we want to, we enjoy the process, but we also want to spread a little bit more love into the world. You know, that doesn't mean we're perfect. I mean, I'm not perfect. Maybe you are. I don't know. Probably not. I'm not perfect no. at all. <laughs> but that's the whole point. I don't point, like hugs. Right? There's... <laughs> don't Clearly, hug me. I'm not perfect. I don't, don't like hug hugs. Don't hug me. Dash, I'll hug you. <laughs> I mean, not you, but I'm, I'll hug you too. But I mean, I'll hug I, like the viewer. If you want a big bear hug, I'll give you a bear hug. Just don't I'll make hug it creepy. You emotionally. I'll hug, she'll <laughs> hug you emotionally, and I'll just give you the big bear hug. <laughs> that's the episode title. I'll, I'll hug, hug you. you oh, that's it. This is it. I will hug you emotionally. <laughs> oh my god, I love that so much. <laughs> that's it. That's it. There's so many titles, but that is the one. I will hug you emotionally. And through her emotional hugs, and I will stand out on like 
Fifth Avenue uh, on a Sunday after we, sh- and I will give free hugs out with the guy with the sign right next to me pointing at me saying free hugs. I will hug every single person who doesn't look like a threat for like 30 minutes and Janelle can film it. We can make that in a little documentary. I'll do it. Maybe five minutes. And maybe I can be you'll a little get a selective. Lot of hugs. But in New York I, City, you'll get a lot of hugs. People, people love hugs. hugs. People need hugs. I'll, I'll give some hugs out. Because a lot of people need hugs. I was sitting uh, on a park bench with my son this past weekend, downtown Boston. And next to me was a little baggie. I almost sat on it. It was a little baggie uh, with some kind of piece of paper in it. Like imagine like a, like a, like a five inch by three inch, like look like a professionally sealed container that had been open. And inside it was a capped hypodermic needle with some green mm. fluid in it. Oh my God. And my first thought was this was a handout, like a clean needle handout, you know, but what the hell was in that hypodermic needle? And uh, I'm sorry, I probably should have reported it or given it to a cop or something. I don't know what I was, I just wanted to get my son away from it. I just wanted to get, and I didn't want to freak him out. So I sat far away from it, gave it a few beats while he finished his chips and whatever. And then I said, we need to go. And he was like, why? I'm like, just, we need to go. And there was a bunch of like riffraff kind of swirling around us. So I could sense like trouble was coming in. So I got us to move and we got to a safer place. But what was in there? Somebody had a bad day or was having a bad day. I looked up Narcan and stuff, you know, like what they give drug addicts. It's not green goo. I don't know what was in that hypodermic needle. Jesus. But the point is, right, like people have bad, people just are people and they're beautiful and amazing and broken and social and they have all these issues uh, and sometimes just full of joy, honestly, just joyful like we were when singing New York, New York, in New York. One of my life highlights, by the way. Thank you for filming that. <laughs> Piano bar, Sid, Sid, what was it? Sid, uh, Sid, I don't remember. Sid something. Request room or something Request like that. Request room. Yeah. We stumbled into that. We weren't drunk. We just literally stumbled into it. Because we were looking for a place, and we sat at the piano and sang for like two. You would not get up and sing. Very sad because you. Have I a, don't sing. Do you have a <laughs> decent voice? And <laughs> I you don't could have. Sing. You were singing. You were absolutely singing the whole night. But I finally I got up there. It was in front a, of people. <laughs> you were you were singing, and it was a lifetime. I never. I didn't tell you this. I was just like, let's find karaoke. My entire life, I've wanted to sing New York, New York for an audience in New York. Because New York oh. is my second home. I, I went there a lot as a kid. And I got to do it. And I did pretty well, I think. Oh, you killed it. Everyone loved right? it. Everyone you turned the camera. Everyone was like, Woo! I was like, all right. Um, I just was such a joyful, joyful night. Our purpose there was simply to just in, participate in and spread the joy. And... Um, that's what we ultimately want to do in filmmaking. Because even if you make someone sad, you're like opening their psyche up to what's possible in the future. You know, this, you're opening up the flower petals to a future. It's beautiful. Right, isn't it? I'm still going with I hug you emotionally for the story. So what should people look for next from us? What's the next thing that's coming out? What are we doing? Film festivals? What? What's happening? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, well, will the trailer be out by the time this is going up? No. Maybe. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, then, <laughs> coming uh, soon, very, very soon, a trailer. Um, you can see some really cool still. like, oh, my God. You can see some really cool stills from the film on both of our Instagrams. You get a little sneak preview there. Um, What are our Instagrams? Mine's underscore anticipate underscore media, which I actually have to post some more. I keep posting them like Kanye West style and taking them down, posting some more, taking them down. Yours is Janelle underscore. Is it underscore? At Janelle Megan, no underscore. Um, Megan is M-E-G-H-A-N. Janelle is J-A-N-E-L-L-E. I don't know why I said it backwards. It's Janelle Megan. <laughs> on I mean, Janelle Megan on Instagram and Twitter and everything else. So. Oh, yeah. I'm on on Twitter. Um, I am, but it's private. I had a a, 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 a Twitter following at one point that was 60,000 people or something from the previous oh. show I did, Neat Creative. And then someone tried to like rip, rip buy a camera like with my identity. On a credit card, yeah, and I just I canceled I canceled the whole thing. Cancel culture was in effect way before in my lifetime. It was mm-hmm. I, I freaked out. I was like ah, so I sold it for like a dollar to a guy named Ben Consoli who ran the show. Need Creative became the Go Creative show, mm-hmm. and um, it's a I I recommend you. He lists, he interviews every every major person that's done anything in Hollywood uh, that's not an actor. So, oh, so cool. cinematographers and, and, and Oscar winners. I mean, they were all on the show. He said Casey Kasem. So it's very like, tell me about you, what you do. And like, <laughs> I, I mean, I'll say this, he glad hands people, but it's okay. It's Hollywood. It's what you do. So it's really good show, but that's why I dumped the Twitter. I made it private and I killed the whole account. Just dumped it. Like uh, who just did that recently? Dumped the whole, they had millions of, and they just dumped it. Oh uh, God! We can always get him back. Just, yeah, but who's on Twitter now? Like, I read the news there, but it's all the right wingers. I, I saw I, them in the park with their flags saying the government's trying to like ruin my life with the vaccine. They were in the park yesterday too. Jeez. Oh uh, yeah, no. I don't know. There's a big indie film community on Twitter. I mean, I posted the stills on on Twitter, and it, it did some numbers. You know, I also talk about my D and D games on Twitter. So if that's anything that anybody is interested in, it's very fun. You're what? Like Dungeons and Dragons. The, people still play that. I yeah, I play it. Yeah, I, I was on um a, a podcast where we played it too. Wow. It's really it's really so fun. Creative. It's really good. It's it's a really good outlet, honestly, if you're an actor, a writer, a creative. Um, it's a really good exercise in storytelling and listening. Um, just did a podcast episode on how important listening is in Dungeons and Dragons and how it can inform like all other things. Like if you just sit and listen to somebody, it's so, so powerful. So my, my former girlfriends told me the same thing. That's when it's good advice. Sometimes you listen to the former girlfriends. (laughs) I don't know. I should listen to you. Good advice. God's honest truth. I put it out there. Like people are like, you don't listen. That's why. Like, what do you mean? I don't listen. Most like, people you just don't. Broadcast. I'm like, but I do listen. I'm trying to listen now. Dungeons and Jack. Dungeons. <laughs> back. Dungeons and Dragons. Cause and creation. That's two amper stands for you right there. It's a show. 
and you must listen to this show. Megan, Janelle, Meg, Jim, Janelle, Megan, Megan. Oh God, I can't. Megan Markle is Megan. I'm so sorry, Megan. I know you're going to hear this. I am so sorry. It's horrible. I know. She's so good. She's butchered my show, too. It's okay. Um, She's amazing. We're all allowed. She is amazing. It's a very good show. Like, it's really good. And the amount of work that goes into putting that out over and over. It's all her. It's literally all her. Like, she is the host. She edits. She does everything. Like, she works her ass off for this podcast. So, I know she's listening to this. That's why I'm like... Well, saying it like a hundred percent like she's she's like i just show up and talk but like she is the one that really like puts everything into it and recently i kind of took a little break from it just because i was focused on some other things and um she's taken over and like brought and she brought on like all these really cool guests and like different types of artists um she also was she did her own like Dungeons and Dragons type game where she was running the game as a game master she created the whole world um, so just like she has so much going on too. I'm just so plugging cool. Megan now. No, you point, should. But she's, she's amazing. Be in our piece. She's so cool. She's gonna be I know, in the piece. She's so cool. Yeah, she's, she's gonna so have cool. voice voice uh voice part and she doesn't realize that she's gonna have a full part in the part three. She doesn't know that yet. Um at least I'm gonna offer She's it to her. The, so the, excited Sarah's to be involved. Sister. Yeah, so such talent in the room. Fuck, where you all where you all people been? Man. Just living life on our journey we find each other when we meant to you know this is great i mean i I have been blessed to work with a lot of really great cinematographers directors story writers um i'm gonna give a shout out to one boston underscore camera if it's underscore on instagram it may also be on twitter that's wick maycumber it's like my primary mentor for for visuals and editing uh, one of my primaries, and he is absolutely astonishingly good at what he does, like beyond the beyond, but visual and storytelling, he's incredible. So we plugged Megan. I'm going to plug him. Always. I'm going to plug Mick, say, but he doesn't like a lot of attention. So I'm, I'm just, Mick is just like, the teaser, mate, has to be one minute. Tease. Tease. He has a point. So it's and oh, and then I heard other um, the music's all wrong, like it doesn't build. They're all like, performance is amazing. I'm like, awesome, all right. They're like, visuals, amazing. I'm like, cool. They're like, edit, which I think I'm the best at. I think I'm a pretty good editor. They're like, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, like, just like, no, like, no. It's it's the it's not it's not serving the purpose of the of the tea of the trailer this is not a good trailer i'm like oh okay i mean i'm gonna make mistakes i originally made it for janelle to show her her performance it was just for you and uh and i said let me show a few and my mom my mom really liked it um your mom is amazing by the way (laughs) she's the best (laughs) therapy is good i'm just saying um she doesn't listen she won't listen it's okay we still love you anyway um so your mom, I mean, for your, you and your mom and your friends and, and, and whoever you want to share it with to just show what the work you've been doing. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to do a part two in Boston soon. I have a great actor who's been in uh, Hollywood and, um, well, he's been like, he was bad guy number six in like the, um, the, oh, the, the Denzel Washington film, The Equalizer. Which they filmed, by the way, right down the street from me when I lived up in Haverhill. Mm. And 
Denzel followed me on the entire, well, he was in the back seat, but his like SUV was mirroring mine as I was driving down the highway. And they filmed it in an old Lowe's that had closed down right next to Target. I was going to Target and I drove in like with the SUV and I paused <laughs> and like Denzel got out and I was like, yeah, I love that man. Equalizer is great film. It's so good. So he was in the Equalizer. He's like bad guy number six or something. But he had like, a, I think a speaking role, like I'm going to get you or something like that. Oh, you're going to die now or something. But he can act and uh, he definitely can direct and, and stuff like that. We're going to push him though. We're going to push you. We're going to push you, Peter. Um, and then part three, everybody's going to get together, I think in New York and we're going to same style of filmmaking wrap up. It would be a meteor story. That's going to wrap up everything as much as we can, because we do want you to think. And then, uh, but we're going to release these in parts, right? So part one is, is the monologue that we already filmed and I'm going to just, Trust Janelle to handle the whole film festival thing experience. Yeah, hopefully I'll see it in some film festivals, um, yeah. either online or maybe some screenings in New York. Um, my goal is to get it on a big screen, so let's do that. <laughs> uh, have you ever seen yourself on a big? I've seen myself on big. My work's on a big screen. I have. It's One very of my exciting. films actually premiered at like um, like an EMC theaters once, which was really yeah. exciting. It was um, crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> I only had one at the Paramount Theater in Boston, which is owned by Emerson College. And uh, I got to show a 9-11 documentary, Why We're Here, on behalf of Homeland Security. But it was the one time I ever spoke, like, on be officially, like, vetted mm -hmm. on behalf of Homeland Security. I got to show that film on a big screen. That was, that was amazing. That was, that was an amazing feeling. That's and so cool. It's such everybody a cool feeling. So, like, Goosebumps, and I was just like, it was so awesome. I really, really love that the, moment. So, the feeling ahead. in the room is like really, like, I think that'll be a really cool experience for us because it's going to happen. Like, I believe in putting stuff out there and putting it out there. We're going to see it on a big screen in New York City. The feeling in the room when everyone's watching it is the coolest part. Like, I'm really curious to like hear people's reactions to the moments and like the breaths in the room. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, when they get the intense parts, the visuals, like, how people react to it. Like it's really like the impact it's having, you know, it's such a cool, cool part of I the process. Well, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. COVID will, will not stop us. Everybody's got to be vaccinated in New York city. Anyway, just it's, be careful. Just be careful. Of the microchips, everybody, everyone, be, everyone <laughs> just, everyone just be safe out there. Just be That's safe. All you can do. I can't get a pen. Just so you know, all you like white ringers, I can't get a pen. Sometimes I can't get a pen, but we're going to hmm. like, follow you through the vaccine. It doesn't work that way. It's not officially, I'm not a government spokesperson, but I'm just saying like, it, it's, it doesn't work that way. If a government by the people for all the people is by all the people, like even the dumb guy down the street that you, you, you don't like, um, like they're, they work there too. You know, it's like, there's no, I don't want to veer off on a tangent. I get very upset. Like there's no government conspiracy. We're just not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> or are we? <laughs> it's like, oh, that's the next movie so yeah we'll do the film festivals the trailer will definitely come out though and i'm hoping to have that cut soon um and it'll be like a minute long and i just i'm gonna put my heart and soul into that because i really want it to be like you know what i think of the eyes wide shut trailer 
the eyes wide shut. It's not the same, but the pacing with the single piano note. Like, I just find that I'm going to try to be at least inspired by that that trailer. Yeah, because there's there's kind of similar themes going on there in our piece, um, but not really. And then I think it's 10 or 12 minutes. The actual cut will be like, what what was that? Like three minutes? And I showed, so it's probably going to be six minute long short film, part Mm -hmm. one. Part two will be six to ten. And part three, I think, is going to be longer because it's like there's more acting and more stuff involved. Probably like 10, 15, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so the whole anthology is uh, 40 minutes, maybe. It's like a whole, it's like a movie, like a small, short movie of the week. Yeah. And we're going to do it now because now I've started. Thank you, Janelle, for making me start. And just to think, you just wanted to talk and do drinks. Listen, no everything not. happens for a reason. It all happened at the right timing, <laughs> it too. Did. And it all fell into place so easily. Like, I mean, it was a lot of work in a way, but it was so much fun. And it felt really easy um, the way it fell into place. You know, it wasn't, I've been on stress, like sets where it's very stressful. I was not, I was barely stressed this entire time. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I had energy. I don't even know where I got it from. It just helps um, to be with, the, you know, a, a a quality collaborator and that's hard to find it's like any good relationship is hard to find um working good working collaborative uh relationships are hard to find that's why you know steven spielberg uses the same cinematographer for like all his (laughs) stuff don't you film people are looking at me right now and you're like you don't know his name why won't you say his name because I don't want to mispronounce it. It's like Milosh or something. I, it's really embarrassing. I know it, but it's late. But it, it's the same guy. Go creative show. They talk to him, okay? There's a plug for Ben Consoli. They talk to him. Um, so we will be back when we do release the trailer or the film, depending on our schedules. Um, this is all kind of going to move really quick. But On the Shores was about giving you hope. Um, for a better tomorrow. This last last couple of years have been very tough, would you say? Been very difficult, you know? Yeah, definitely. Pandemic. I think for a lot of people in, in different ways. A little bit of a downer. People dying. Seven hundred thousand in this country. It's a lot of there's a lot of pain. A lot of pain. But we were trying to shine a light onto all of us wonderful, imperfect beings. Um, to show you that there is there's a better way. And Janelle will hug you emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> that I can promise. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back with another show at a time to be determined, but I'm hoping within the next two to three weeks to enlighten you. Um, anticipate underscore media on Instagram. You can go to anticipatemedia.com, find the contact button and click it. Um, you will all be very happy that not only did I put Janelle's picture in there from the movie on the drama page and on the front page, you didn't know that, but you're in there. But I also no. cut down the text like at least 40%. So there's a lot less to read. So you're welcome. That was a big complaint I got. Teeth night. And uh, Filthy Look Films is Mick's uh, company. I don't have the address. It's probably filthylook.com. But he's an amazing cinematographer, amazing storyteller from Australia. 
Um, go find him. Go create great projects with him. He is magnificent. He has a magnificent team. And um, you can make great art with him, too. He's been to Boston, by the way, Janelle. And once all hmm. the borders open up, and that's coming soon. It's coming soon. You're vaccinated. You'll be able to come back to the great United States of America and visit. I'm going to have him meet you, and we're going to maybe even work together. So some amazing stuff. Is I'm very excited for that. Super excited. In the meantime, you all give yourselves a hug, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>